Hello and welcome to the third part of this podcast, which I still haven't thought of a name for. I imagine that'll come in time. I'm waiting for a brainwave on that one. So for now, welcome to the third part of Lesbian Slave Island. It's a podcast where I am reading aloud a piece of erotic literature called Lesbian Slave Island, written by an author called Fit and Trim on the website Lit Erotica. So if you want to find this story for yourself, maybe do a bit of reading ahead or perhaps leave a comment or a like on the story, you can do that by going to literotica.com and searching for Fit and Trim. That's Fit and Trim with an N rather than the full and. A um, little contraction there. So let's do a little roundup of this third part. Part two had 132.7 thousand readers, or at least viewers. You know, you can't guarantee that everybody read every word, but, you know, 132.7 thousand people at least clicked the page and viewed it. We've lost about 15,000 coming into chapter three. And again, I think that's because people were disappointed by the lack of any real climax in the story. Last week's episode was quite boilerplate. A lot of contractual jiggery-pokery and general setting the scenes and laying the foundations, which makes sense because the subtitle of chapter two was Foundations Are Laid, so to be expected. So I think it's a bit unfair for people to judge it, having known that from the get-go. And it remains to be seen whether things will heat up and become a little bit more raunchy in part three. The subtitle of part three is Lisa Signs Contract, comma, and Begins Her Fantasies. So it seems like we are going to get going. I seem to remember the contract was signed in the last chapter, though. But perhaps there's more due process to be observed before things really begin. We will soon see. As you know, I'm reading this at the same time as you are hearing it uh, for the first time, uh, so I don't know what's going to happen, because um, I think it's more fun that way. If it's a bit of a surprise to me as I'm reading, you get my genuine reaction kind of having gone through it. This chapter has 4.44 stars out of 5, so that's, that's another decrease from the previous chapter, a 0.01 decrease in stars, a few less likes as well, only 47 likes uh, this time. But again, that's probably down to the slightly smaller readership, and I wonder how low that's going to get as we progress through the chapters. Still, 115.2 thousand views on a page is pretty good. I can't think of a thing that I've posted that's had engagement of that magnitude. I don't write erotic literature, but I've certainly done social media posts on things like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, social media sites, and I guess you don't really get the stats on how many people have viewed those things, but I would be very surprised if it was more than 115.2 thousand, which seems huge to me. Let's jump into a recap of where we are. So we had a lot of terms and conditions, the contract under which Lisa will be performing her duties as a slave to Helen and Sasa, and indeed the rest of the family, which could include any number of additional sisters and also a mother, but no males to the chagrin of Dry Hill, who's one of our regular commenters this series. We also found out that unlike traditional slavery, where it's a kind of um, involuntary 
prisoner type situation with no remuneration. This is a voluntary slave situation where Lisa is actually quite keen to be owned. She's paid quite handsomely for her ownership to the tune of about 30k a year and that includes quite a healthy package of expenses covering basically every single one of her daily needs. So all that money is going straight into the savings account. Debatable whether you would classify this strictly as slavery, but there we go. It's it is a fantasy after all, so let's not be let's not ruin the magic by being too realist about this. So as I say, we we ended with the contract being signed and we're jumping straight back in with some dialogue. Uh, so I think we need to recap maybe the last sentence of the previous chapter, just so we we know where we are, because it is, again, another jarring launch into chapter three, uh, as if no time has passed between the chapters. It's, it's almost as if maybe there is a word limit to the stories on Literotica. Maybe there isn't. But it's almost as if this was written as one long piece and then cut up into smaller parts. Although, actually, when you look at the profile, you know that that can't be true because there's a significant amount of time in between when these were posted. So this third part was posted on the 15th of March 2011. The previous chapter was posted almost a year previously on the 13th of May 2010. So there's almost a year in between these two chapters having been posted. So <laughs> I think it's safe to say these are being written as they go. Right, so uh, let's let's go back to the last chapter and just read that last sentence. Okay, so we each signed, feeling the importance of the moment. I was told to sit with my knees extremely wide, up on the stool facing them, and to open up about more of my fantasies. To be continued. So now that we're all caught up, I think that we can crack on to the third part of Lesbian Slave Island. Oh, Lisa, you look so beautiful, so fit, and such beautiful skin, praised Helen in a sincere, oozy voice. See, Lisa, I'm already more open and feel almost released to share my feelings and thoughts. Funny how that is. A different social situation, and we can become more ourselves. Yes, my owner, Mistress Helen, I smiled serenely, though my heart pounded with passion and emotion. I dreamed of this happening, and it's almost instant now like a switch. Oh, I love this, and you, though I tremble a little. This is now real. I am yours. Sasa beamed. This is so wonderful, and you know, when we get to our island paradise, this really will be even more so. We sat in warm silence for a few moments, contemplating the bliss we have created. So, I began softly, you have commanded your love slave to reveal more. I glanced down at my very revealed body. So glad I have worked so hard to make it as physically fit and near-perfect. Helen smiled knowingly as our eyes met after hers too glanced at my open wide loins. I must tell you my formerly secret fantasies that I have been afraid even to share, much less actually live out. I place my trust in you, my owners, I said. 
My voice quavered during the last sentence, feeling vulnerable and emotional. You can trust us, smiled Helen in a soft voice, both to be lovingly sensitive and to make this fantasy very real. Oh, Helen, I almost moaned. I mean, oh, my mistress, my owner. Helen glanced at Sasser. Lisa told me about ways in some BDSM fantasies the slave is supposed to speak to her owner formally with a title. Maybe we should start that soon, but not now. Sasser began to show her more strict side. I think she should start now, to get in the right mode. You or we can always waive it for other times. Helen nodded. OK, let's, she said, glancing at me for my reaction. As you wish, of course, my owners, I whispered both aroused by this and wondering how the reality may be much more difficult than my fantasies. My fantasies are many, where do I start? I said. I'll start small and simple and then get to more elaborate, um, more embarrassing, or, I mean, um, amazingly hot ones. Oh, please help me, I quickly added, my owners, and then blushed deeply, for both the thought of having to reveal my fantasies and because calling them my owners made it more real and humiliating. Helen helped by smiling and nodding encouragingly. Slave girl, you have to, so don't be embarrassed, though I love your blush. Don't be embarrassed, because you have no choice. You must. That's the beauty of this situation. Yes, the beauty of the situation, and the beauty of our slave girl, smiled Sasa. I blushed more and smiled in appreciation. And the beauty of my owners, I said. Oh, I breathed. What? Sasa asked. Why did you say, oh? I looked down. Calling you my owners makes me humiliated and hot down there at the same time. Good that you opened up about that, lovely slave girl, said Helen with earnestness. I love to know what you are feeling and thinking. Especially if it's about you being humiliated or aroused, winked Sasa with a surge of lust in her eyes. Slave girl, my love slave, now I order you to start by describing those two fantasies you already mentioned to me once. The stool and the chariot, said Helen. Yes, my owner, I replied seriously, looking down at my naked thighs and open moist loins, and gathering my courage and thoughts. I resolved to fully share these fantasies, however, I may tremble while doing so. Unable to look into their eyes, I began. The stool fantasy is one that can be done indoors easily, and the chariot needs equipment, and ideally room to run outdoors, I swallowed, knowing I might experience the stool fantasy immediately. In the stool fantasy, a tall stool would have a phallus glued to the seat, sticking up. My wrists would be tied or chained together behind my back, ensuring I could not cover my front. Maybe my ankles would also be tied to the legs of the stool. I would be eased onto the stool with the phallus deep inside me, and my owner, or owners, I smiled towards Sasa without fully meeting her eyes, would sit in front of me, enjoying water or wine, while talking with one another and me, sometimes simple conversations, sometimes asking me erotic, intimate questions. Together we would imagine new humiliations, naked exercises, bondage ties, erotic tortures, and services I could perform. The simple, normal conversation would be erotic, because it would emphasise my sex-slave status, the fact that we would have normal conversations as if we were regular friends, even while you would be fully clothed and I would be the only one naked, bound, exposed utterly, and struggling not to yield to arousal and orgasm. You would sometimes order me to slide up and down on the phallus, but never to the point of orgasm. My sex juices would drip, soaking the stool and trickling down my wide-open legs and the legs of the stool. I might whimper in humiliated arousal, 
you would comment on the juices, humiliating me further. No matter how mindlessly and uncontrollably turned on I became, you would always return to our conversations. I paused. Helen smiled at Sasa, eyes gleaming. Isn't she erotic? Sasa nodded with a serious expression. Slave, you are amazing. That is so hot. I glanced up at them. I actually smiled to see their flushed faces. They loved this too, which meant my wildest dreams were coming true. I looked down, revelling in my fit, lean body so exposed. I writhed a little in passion, thrusting out my middle, displaying my loins more, and then back a little, then knees even wider. I looked up again. Their eyes met mine, but only after moving up from staring at my nudity. Because I would be so incredibly aroused, I would actually come up with ideas myself for my own erotic humiliation and utter submission to you, and not just humiliation, I said. Yes, go on, slave girl, murmured Helen. I smiled and nodded, but looked down at my naked, well-exercised thighs and open loins. A thrill of arousal went through me, starting at my loins. Yes, my owner, my voice trembled slightly, more than humiliation, but also other ideas that prove my sensuality and the reality of being owned by you, my utter and willing submission to you. I paused, almost not believing that I was actually saying this out loud. They waited patiently. Yes, I repeated. Yes, I would actually help to create ideas of how I would be your totally sensual, passionate, ultimate sex-slave property. I wondered if I was making sense, but continued nervously. Yes, I would come up with new ways of being sexually arousing to you, ways of being bound, erotically tortured, and serving you, all these ideas as I was bound before you displayed, whimpering in hot arousal. You, during this, might sometimes bring the water or wine to my mouth, and some would spill and trickle down my body, I continued. I glanced at the kitchen stools. Sasa followed my eyes, stood, and grabbed one, looking at Helen. Helen nodded, also stood, and brought the handcuffs. My heart beat as I sat on the stool before them, widening my knees and feeling the soft, comfortable cuffs around the wrists behind me. As the lock clicked them closed, I mentioned I thought it ironic that they were so soft, yet so strong, making me helpless, unable to cover myself. No phallus on the stool yet, but otherwise it's the fantasy, said Helen, looking into my eyes seriously. I blinked and nodded, holding her gaze. This directness was thrilling. After they sat again, Sasa pointed towards my knees and said simply, Wider. I obeyed. She repeated the order. I actually felt ashamed, for three reasons. To be ordered so, to expose myself more, and because I had not obeyed a hundred percent the first time. I acknowledged to myself the last of the three demonstrated that I was already becoming truly theirs. Yes, mistress, I found myself saying. Sorry I was not wide enough the first time. I blushed at my apology and for other reasons. I saw Helen enjoying my blush, and I was actually grateful to her for her sensitivity to my emotions. To my surprise, Helen said, You can do better. Move them even wider apart, slave girl. She smiled as I looked at her suddenly, and then I looked down as I stretched my knees very wide indeed, somewhat straining. I particularly noticed my breasts at this time, pushed out because my arms were locked behind me. My hard nipples helped to communicate my arousal. Good, slave girl, she nodded approvingly. Yes, added Sasa, we want to see what is, after all, our property. I felt my blush deepening. I felt like never before, but actually being in a situation, it's hard to imagine the reality of holding so taut a position. Back arched from arms behind me, chest thrust out, loins so exposed. 
and not least my owners demonstrating they really owned me. Helen then said, You are beautiful, slave girl. This is just so lovely. She meant it, I could tell, and I knew her well enough to realise she was feeding my fantasy and encouraging me. Thank you, my owner, I breathed with emotion, fighting the urge to whimper. Now the stool fantasy is real, we'll add the phallus tomorrow and do some more then. Right now, I want to hear, and I want Sata to hear, all about that wonderful chariot fantasy. I smiled at Helen, but started to tremble a little. I was slightly cold, which contributed to the tremble, and my hard nipples. But mostly the tremble was due to having to tell them already about what might be my most ultimate fantasy. I thought it might be better to build up to it. The chariot. I first got this idea from a lesbian slave novella. It was set in a fictional version of ancient Egypt. Mother and daughter, slave girls, were owned and trained by a wealthy mother and daughter. At this I glanced up at them, as it struck me I was actually now a slave owned by sisters. I noticed that both of them were paying fascinated attention to my every word, and staring with sensuous expressions at me. Sasa, in a voice more husky than I'd ever heard before, said, And here we are, we have a slave girl owned by wealthy sisters. Helen added, And she's also really owned as slave property, just as in the story. Helen and I smiled at each other, both of us knowing she was repeating my oft-stated desire to experience the reality of sensual slavery. The owners realised their slave girls needed additional humiliations as well as exercise, so they came up with the idea to use them as they would use horses, pulling their chariot even in public when they went shopping. I looked down and paused to my still-trembling voice. I admit to you, when I read that I became so hot and wet, I whimpered and moaned out loud, and was never so aroused. I think this must be the ultimate situation, to be so used and displayed and trained, it would be humiliating but beautiful and erotic. I would feel so dominated and love the attention at the same time. I would feel the air over my skin. You would be loving seeing sweat making my lean body glisten in the sun and watching my muscles exercising. You, my owners, would first train me to prance with naked knees rising just so perfectly high, chest out, back arched, as if I was a champion prancing pony. You would use riding crops and whips and leashes or ropes. You would train me hard until I did it perfectly. You would use the whips without mercy if I slacked. You would use the riding crop to show the level to which my knees should rise and train me to arch my back gracefully with chest out. My voice clearly trembled, but I decided to let them just see me so nervous and emotional and to tell all. Helen, sensitive again, whispered that I should keep talking and hold nothing back. I nodded, pausing looking down at my thrust-out breasts and hard nipples as they rose and fell to my heavy breathing. Sasa whispered now too, in a caring but firm way, that as their own slave I was not allowed to hold anything back. I glanced quickly at her, seeing her right eyebrow raised to communicate the command, yet I also saw she admired me and was deeply in lust with me. Wow, my owners, I can hardly believe these dreams are coming true. Thank you. I was very self-conscious and could not bring myself to look up into their faces. Although while training me, you would certainly use the riding crops and whips on me, you would also not want to deface the skin of your property because you would use me as a magnificent, thoroughly trained, valuable show horse. Though at other times you would whip me for teaching me deeply to know I am truly, actually owned by you and for simple sensual arousal and enjoyment of your property. While training me as your show horse, the whip would be used for the purpose of training me or guiding me where you want me to trot or run. I breathed in shakily and glanced at them, and was glad to see how utterly fascinated they were. 
Sasa nodded to me with seriousness, saying this was amazing stuff, and she was both shocked and incredibly aroused. I smiled. Once I get better at prancing and performing as your show horse, you would clip onto my nipples the silver or golden bells that would twinkle whenever I moved, humiliating and arousing me, making me feel completely owned and thoroughly used as the naked, completely owned sex slave I am. Maybe you would choose also to clip some onto other places, I glanced down. Maybe you would not just clip them, but have them pierced on. I paused, so aroused, so nervous, and now fearful of saying the next decoration. I had already told Helen about this, and she was not going to let me skip over this part. Slave girl, describe in detail the tail decoration, Helen ordered gently but firmly. I gulped, my gaze still on my breasts and nipples, which were so hard they pointed outwards perkily. Yes, mistress, I sort of whimpered. My voice became softer, but I resolved to say it all. As you know, horses and ponies have tails. A horse tail would be attached to an anal plug that was perfectly fitted and snug, shaped in the right way so that it would not fall out of me during exercise. I would feel it inside me and be humiliated, aroused, and feel so submissive, so dominated, I would have to learn to prance with it in me. When I practiced prancing, sometimes you would be holding a long leash and I would go in a circle around you, like a horse in a corral. The day would come, perhaps quickly if I learned well, to be harnessed to the chariot. You two would be in the chariot dressed up with boots, and I, naked and decorated, would be pulling you, not just pulling, but performing as your thoroughly trained and owned property, not allowed to hide anything, but swallowing all pride and behaving as trained, being forced to prance with knees high and back arched and chest out, oh, how humiliating and how totally hot! I paused, and Helen prompted me for more, to let them know all. Okay, I mean, yes, my owners, yes, I have fantasised about being brushed down. My muscles admired openly, openly disgust, the sweat making them glisten in the sun. Yes, muscles in full bloom of being exercised hard, passionately being admired, touched. Okay, yes, there's more. I will tell you also that I dreamed about having to pee on the trail, like a horse does, while ye watch, and being hand-fed. Oh, this would be so humiliating, arousing. I would be so thoroughly used. Would you want to do this with your slave girl, my owners? I boldly looked them in the eyes, even as I trembled and deeply blushed. Helen nodded with a smile, eyes sparkling. I love your blush. We exchanged loving looks. Sasa glanced at Helen, then smiled too. Oh, I would love to make you do this. Love every excruciatingly hot moment of it. Yes, every bit, from training you with a whip to making you insert the tail, and yeah, even watching you pee right out on the open trail like a real horse would. If you do a good job, I'll hand-feed you fruit and cubes of sugar, and if you don't do a good job, I would definitely love to whip you. Our eyes widened. We looked at Sasa with smiles. Though scared, and I'm sure it showed in my face, I also craved this, and also my lust must have showed. Helen looked slightly worried, though, when she said, I think we've unleashed a monster. Sasa waved her hand dismissively. I'm not a psychopath, don't worry. I just think this is the hottest thing I've ever heard of, she said. I cleared my throat. They waited through my pause, sensing I was going to tell them something. Although difficult for me to do now, I want to explain something to you. I fantasise a reality of being trained so very thoroughly that you discipline and punish me every once in a while, or so often as you see fit for your pleasure, and for my thorough training, and for my complete and real submission to your actual ownership of me. Though I have a safe word, as long as my life is not in danger, I won't use it. I may even scream, cry, beg and whimper, but I dream of you really following through, making this real. 
during training or any time, you two can punish me thoroughly, so very thoroughly, to the point of breaking me in. Yes, I would not use my safe word, but let the experience unfold. I want to do this. I crave this. It's my fantasy that I want to become a reality. And I want you to know it's okay to really erotically torture me sometimes, just for the pleasure of it, not for discipline or training. There was a silence. I broke it by giggling. There, I said it out loud. A few of my innermost weird fantasies. I'm scared, but it's what I crave. What do you think of me now? Sick? Sasser glanced at Helen before responding. I think you're hot, and all of this is so hot. If this is weird, then so am I. Thank you for being our erotic property. Helen, are you okay with my whipping her and other stuff? Helen nodded seriously. It's okay. We'll just have to be careful. This situation was making me so hot, caused among other factors by knowing that I was the only one naked, exposed, and the object of desire, and talking about my fantasies openly and imagining these fantasies happening when their reality was about to unfold. I looked at them again. My owners. Helen was still smiling warmly, while Sasser continued staring at my glistening open V, her eyes occasionally with lust taking in my long and muscular, in a lean feminine way, limbs, and my flat, lean abdomen. I looked into Helen's eyes, seeking and obtaining unspoken empathy, therefore courage to continue exposing my inner self to go along with my outer self. My owners, the chariot fantasy seems like the ultimate kind of thing to do, to be thoroughly used and fully owned and exposed. Sasser added, but I bet we can come up with even more ultimate fantasies. To be continued. Wow, we. Well, that was another level. Some real details there about about some of Lisa's fantasies and quite unusual fantasies they are. I particularly enjoyed the parts about her acting as a horse. I mean, obviously, I know that almost everything that can be imagined is a fetish in in this modern day and age. But is that a a, a common fetish fantasy? A, a literal form of horseplay? Although I have to say the chariot fantasy ended up being a lot more about being a horse than anything to do with a chariot. That's not what I had in mind at all. When they initially discussed a chariot fantasy, I was really kind of baffled to think, you know, what could that possibly involve? But I really didn't see it going down that route. That's for sure. That was really eye-opening. Also throughout, I was kind of feeling for Lisa's hip muscles and tendons seemed like she had her legs spread very wide and then about four or five times was asked to open them wider and wider and I kept thinking well how wide can these legs go surely there's a limit to the flexibility of one woman also had a little more of an insight into the relationship between the trio seems like Sasa is developing into the harsher of the two mistresses, while Helen is maybe a little bit more of a loving influence, someone who's got Lisa's back a little bit more, is going to maybe keep Sasa on the reins a little bit, pardon the, the pun, uh, but still no real sexual activity between the three. Obviously they did try the stool fantasy, but without a phallus, is that is that even really new? She was already kind of sitting there with her legs open, so what's been added um that was already established ground 
Um, let's take a little look at the comments. There's 10 comments here, so one more than we had last time. A comment from C-A-W-M-S-J-R. Um, I don't know if that's an, an acronym or if that's a just a random combination of letters thrown together. But they say, so hot. Oh my god, this story is so arousing. I can't wait to finish it, even though I wish it was much longer. Uh, Randy1958 says, amusing, smiley face. Can anyone say nutso? Wow. Uh, Mr. Silver. Oh, I love a comment from Mr. Silver. She always puts a bit of work into her commentary. A regular contributor to this comment section. So uh, Mr. Silver says, Lisa has so many conditions in her contract with bullet points and limits. Her real fantasies are all about being in control. Come on. <laughs> she goes on to say uh, Lisa punish me as often as you see fit for your pleasure oh goody Helen Sasa has her permission how nice I may even scream cry beg and whimper Lisa one afternoon with Mistress Silver I can guarantee she'll be screaming crying begging whimpering and bargaining oh when my cane whistles through the air and explodes on Lisa's naked ass the audience will cheer and count one by the count of five, there'll be so many wet pussies in the room, I can smell the sex. For the writing, I'm giving chapter three another five stars. Thank you, Mistress Silver. That's lovely. I, well, I don't know if we can be that harsh on Lisa for just clearly explaining and expressing what she wants out of this. I think that's quite, that's quite positive. You don't want to get in over your head when it comes to being a lesbian sex slave, do you? You want to be in your comfort zone. To, to a certain extent well i don't know it's not my thing really to be a sex slave it's not really um may, maybe there is a, a kind of in fact i suspect that there probably is a an eroticism to being somewhat out of control um but you know you know not, things aren't sexy if you're you, you know is is being scared sexy I, I not for me i don't think it is anyway so i think there is out of control within a kind of boundary of control. I think that, to me, is my understanding of how it works. Although, admittedly, very limited experience on, on my part. Uh, Anonymous leaves a bit of feedback. He says, hi, I really like this one. Not sure if the chariot thing was indeed taken from another story, but this is so hot for anyone, man. <laughs> yeah, man. That horse stuff is just top shit, sexy stuff. Thanks, Anonymous, for that comment. Martini Man says, great story. Please continue the story. I'm captivated and want more. Yep, it will continue. We'll, we'll have more episodes to come. Anonymous says, nice ideas. I like the idea of mother and daughter slave team submitting to the mother and daughter owners. Slave mother forced to watch her innocent little daughter pleasure the larger dominant mother and her daughter who has a plump bubble buttocks. <laughs> I don't know if it specified what her buttocks were like. But sure, you can let your imagination run wild and add in a few adjectives here and there if you want to. That's fine. Another comment from an anonymous contributor questioning the next part. Hi, I hope there will be a fourth part soon. Great story. Well, not to worry, Anonymous. We are 11 years on from when this was published. So I can tell you that there is a fourth part and it will be coming very soon. Another anonymous comment. You wrote a really interesting story, but please don't take so much time in between posting each part, winky face. Well, it, good point. It has been a year, so 
you know, that's that is a long time to wait between posting. And I can imagine that's probably why a lot of the readership has dropped off. Imagine you've really got yourself to the edge reading part two, and then you try to find part three to finish the job, and you've got to wait a year edging for a, for a whole year before you can finally get to the next part. And this part didn't even really have any kind of summit to the arousal. There was no climactic release, just more teasing, titillating detail to build up the erotic tension. Um, Dry Hill, this is our friend, the dude who wanted to get involved, having not really understood the terms of the contract. He says, excellent, all caps. Yet another great chapter. The only thing wrong with this chapter is you state she signs the contract, but she hasn't. So I hope we're going to have another chapter soon where the contract is signed and where she starts really living the slave life. Thanks again for a great read. Well, Dryhill, again, you've not done your due diligence in reading the story because if you go back to chapter two, it was signed at the end. Now, I admit that could have been a, a, an addition added after the fact. Uh, we don't know that, but... As of 2022, Chapter 2 contains that crucial signing of the contract. And that's a sentiment echoed by our final commenter, Anonymous, who says, Dry Hill, as far as I've seen, the contract was signed at the end of Part 2. And he quotes, <laughs> we each signed. That's, that's in quotation marks there. They also go on to say, a great story so far. Please don't take so long for the next part. Great consensual lesbian BDSM stories aren't easy to find. Winky space. Maybe they're not easy to find. I'm not necessarily in that marketplace very often. So I don't know how rare this type of story is or, or how common it is. But, but I, I can certainly imagine that this is a, a specialist type of narrative and you know, especially the stuff about the horseplay, the chariot fantasy, not something that I would have imagined or have seen elsewhere or been propositioned to get into by any other humans. Um, so that's a, that's a new concept to me and one that I'm sure is going to haunt my nightmares going forward. I hope you've enjoyed this third chapter of Lesbian Slave Island. Still yet to get to the island, although we've had another teasing mention of it, uh, so we know it's coming. I should just mention again that this story is available to read on literotica.com and you can find it by searching for the author Fit and Trim. That's fit with an N. Um, you can find all 18 parts of lesbian slave island written there if you want to read ahead or perhaps read along while i'm narrating it to you maybe that's your way of getting your kicks feel free to do that if that's what you like to do i will be back again in another installment coming soon for part four and we'll see where this goes all right well that's that's it that's all there is to say and have a good week, afternoon, morning, rest of the day. Goodbye.
You would begin to get me used to the decorations and harness I would wear. You would clip onto my nipples the slip. <laughs> a horsetail would be attached to an anal plug that was perfectly fitted and snug. <laughs> Being hand fed. <laughs> if you do a good job, I'll hand feed you fruit and juice of sugar. I'm not a psychopath. Don't worry. If this is weird, then so am I. 